Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Maura Z and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, May 17th, 2018. And today we're reading from the big book of Overeaters Anonymous. Excuse me, <laughs> of Alcoholics Anonymous. And we are on page 60. We're reading the second paragraph that starts our description of the alcoholic. We will be reading through letter C that God could and would if he were sought. And today's readers are Lori W, 12 Steps, Melissa C.K., 12 Traditions, and Pete B., Russ M., and Mary B. are the readers of the text. Naomi B. will be our newcomer greeter, and Deb W. will host our second hour. The reference numbers for yesterday. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID is 11,420. 11420. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11,422. 11422. Over It Is Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. And someone is making noise in the kitchen. Could you please all check your phones with the star one to mute so we can have a clear meeting? Thank you. Uh, there are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Lori W. if she would please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Thank you, Maura, for your service. This is Lori W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Atlanta, Georgia. And good morning to all of my spiritual siblings. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Laura W., for the service. Melissa C.K. will now read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K. I'm calling in from Chattanooga, Tennessee. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater, recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thanks for allowing me to do service. Have a day, everyone. Thank you, Melissa C.K., for reading. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the person speaking should be muted. 
Today we are resuming our study in the big book. We are on page 60 and we are starting with paragraph 2 that begins our description of the alcoholic. And we'll be reading through letter C that God could and would if he were sought. And uh, Pete B., would you please get us started? Thanks, Maura. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, thank you. <clears throat> Good morning, everybody. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and uh, happy to be of service. Um, Maura almost read everything that I have to read already because it's very short. But our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. And uh, just uh, commenting briefly on those, you know, those three pertinent ideas that are, um, you know, my I used to think that I had some level of expertise with regard to alcoholism and compulsive overeating. I, I'm, I, I'm not even, an, I'm not an expert on my compulsive overeating and I'm not an expert on anybody else's compulsive overeating. I, I, you know, things continue to get thrown at me. Um, but I always try to go back to these three pertinent ideas. You know, the first one that, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives, I had to first, you know, the doctor's opinion clearly explains what this condition is, what it means to be alcoholic, what it means to be a compulsive overeater, right? And it, 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 it says in the doctor's opinion that if I have this condition, if this condition is in me, that I will need something greater than human aid, greater than a human that's going to relieve it that basically any medical, the medical assessment is if you have this disease, you're hopeless and there's no cure for it. And the only hope is entire abstinence. And the only way to stay entire abstinence is by finding a power greater than yourself, which brings us to the second pertinent idea. You know, no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. So if I have alcoholism, if I am a compulsive overeater, there's no human power, right? My sponsor can't relieve it. I love a vision for you, but a vision for you is human power, right? I, I can't, I won't be able to put in place a mental defense that's going to prevent me from taking that first fatal bite, right? Like that, there, there's just, there, there's no hope. O Overeaters Anonymous can close tomorrow. There have been other organizations that have tried to get, that have tried to, uh, to, to win in this fight and they have gone out of business. If they do, I still am a compulsive overeater. I still have this hopeless fatal disease that gets worse, never better, right? And I still need to remain abstinent if I wanna live a happy, joyous, and free life. Which brings us to the third pertinent idea that God could and would if he were sought. You know, if you're, if you're abstaining from compulsive overeating and you're doing so because you're, of your attendance at meeting, of your adherence to what your sponsor assigns you to doing, uh, because you have learned enough about this disease 
that it keeps you from taking that first fatal bite, that's fine. You are, you are a, a, or I am, of the variety that's not hopeless. But I am convinced that I am of the hopeless variety. I am a compulsive reader to the bone. And my only hope, the only hope is that I develop and nurture a relationship with the God of my understanding on every single day. And with that, I'm truly grateful and I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. Okay, so short, but lots, lots of good stuff here. So if you would like to share, press star one. And please give me your first name and last initial one time, and I'll repeat it back so you know I've heard you. Who would Nancy like to H. Nancy H. Nancy H. Harlan G. Janice P.M. Carol G. Carol G. Mary B. Kathy K. Let's stop there. Who do I have? I have. Maybe not be the right order, but Nancy H. Harlan G. Janice P. M. Carol G. Mary B. And Kathy K. Nancy H. Get us started, please. Did you call on me, Nancy H? Nancy H? Yes. Okay. Please. Uh, yes. This is Nancy H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader in Massachusetts. Um, good morning, my fellow travelers, and good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. There's something, um, I just love meeting with people, these people every day. You're just my, my uh, fellow travelers. And this part of the big book really strikes me because when I first came uh, into the steps, I, I knew that my life was unmanageable. Because I thought it was just because of the food. And so I was powerless over food, and yes, my life was unmanageable. But then I realized as I went along that my life is still unmanageable, even after I've had it gotten out of the food, because I still have that mental obsession. And if I'm not working those steps and haven't gotten a spiritual awakening, I'm not going to succeed. I'm not going to be able to stay absent and, and stay stopped. So then we come to um, Description of the Alcoholic. Uh, make, it makes clear three pertinent ideas that we were alcoholic, yes, 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 that we could not manage our own lives. Um, and I thought that meant I couldn't manage my food. It, I just kept telling myself it was the food that was the problem. And the food actually was the solution. So uh, after, by now, we usually have uh, gotten a higher power, even if we had to redefine it. And from our childhood, and by now we're, we're, uh, we know that we, can, that we can get a human power, uh, a non-human power to really our compulsion. So the thing is that God could and would if he were sought. And there are many times that I God was right there waiting for me, but I wasn't seeking him. So I have to remember that I have to stay in fit spiritual condition every day, communicate with my higher power every day, every moment of the day, and that I'm going to be restored to sanity. And this gives me a lot of hope because it's been about seven months since my last relapse. I'm very grateful for that. And I feel as though I've been restored to sanity, but my defects are always getting better too. That means I'm only restored to sanity on the physical level with the craving and on the emotional level with the mental obsession. So for this, I am very grateful. I thank you for letting me share. <coughs> I pass. Thank you, Nancy H. Harlan G., it's your turn, followed by Janice P.M. 
Morning, thank you, Harlan. Laura, and thank you to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. This is critical information here. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. The big book tells us this again and again and again and again. Why? That we were alcoholic. What is an alcoholic? It is a person who has a physical allergy, that abnormal adverse reaction to the food, beverage, or substance that makes it impossible for them to stop once they've started, and a twist of the mind that will drive them irresistibly into the food against their will in search of relief from the intenable, unbearable pain of not eating. An alcoholic is a person who has an allergy and a twist of the mind. Why is that so important to keep repeating? Where did the custom start that we identify ourselves as compulsive overeaters every time we speak at meetings? Because the brain has a mental blank spot that will make us forget this information almost instantly upon retrieving it. And what is the only way for me to keep getting that that refresher course that I am a compulsive overeater? To teach it to others incessantly as if my hair was on fire. That's why I must go through the steps. That's why I know I need the steps. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. That means nothing of this earth is going to give me respite from this disease. Ask John Candy, ask Jackie Gleason, ask Mama Cass Elliott, Karen Carpenter, Patty Arbuckle, ask, ask William Howard Taft, who was the President of the United States. These people were at the top of their games, and this disease took them out. This disease is mind over matter. It doesn't mind killing me and disgracing me and pulling from me every shred of decency before it finally kills me. And I don't matter to it. It's mind over matter that God could and would if he were sought. What kind of God do I have in my head if I turn to God and do not believe that he will help me? A God that I must change a God that I must fire. Because I have to have a God that when I turn to him with tears in my eyes and say, I can't handle the sadness, I can't handle this, I can't handle that, you must help me, will say to me, of course, of course, let's get through this together. I need a benevolent God. I am a compulsive leader. And I need this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Janice PM, it's your turn, followed by Carol G. Well, good morning to you, Mara Z, and everyone on the line. My name is Janice PM from Massachusetts, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Well, you know, when I first read this paragraph, not knowing or learning from anyone, I thought, oh, A, B, and C, the first three steps. Well, it's not the first three steps. It's the first two steps watch this. Okay. There's three pertinent ideas. Okay. What are the ideas? 
the ideas are from the chapters prior to, you know, the first chapter, the second, the chapters before, telling me and asking myself, asking me, do I eat? Do I think? Do I feel like Bill does? Well, I identified with that. I identified with doctor doctor's opinion on um, what is a compulsive overeater, and that was just uh, said brilliantly. And um, yeah, that's the first thing. Okay, check, check that I'm alcoholic, that I'm a compulsive overeater, and and I couldn't manage my own life because I tried, and it was a disaster. The consequences of me living in self-will <clears throat> didn't work so well. So that's step one. What is step two? Well, we lacked power because that's what it says in step one. You know, I I am powerless. I can't do this on my own. Believe you me, I tried and tried and tried. Cannot do this thing on my own. Could could stop eating but couldn't stay stopped. And um, that was the problem because I couldn't do it on my own. Again, I lacked power. I needed a power greater than myself. So steps B, and I'm sorry, letter B and C. Probably no human power. That's right, no human power. It doesn't matter, priest, rabbi, humans are humans. And it was said, the, um, the, the, our fellowship supports us, and it's a wonderful support. That's why I'm here every day. Please, please uh, time me, Mara, if you would. Um, and, but there is a power, and I found a power. Once I come to this conclusion... And I am convinced, and I accept. Maybe yeah, I'm convinced. I can tell me, tell you that I admit I'm powerless. But I have to accept the fact that I am a compulsive overeater. I don't have the power. The power is missing, so I need to find a power. So that's A and B. And then they say step two. Step two. This is step two. B and C. I always thought it was, okay, step two and step three. No, it's still step two because that higher power is going to restore me, bring me back to sanity. Well, how am I going to do that? Well, that's when we can Gentle go Gentle reminder. And uh, thank you so much. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice PM. Carol G., it's your turn, followed by Mary B., Good morning, Carol. Oh, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. I can. Thank you. Oh, good. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your day. It's Carol G. Um, recovered in the UK. I just thought I'd call in, and what a fantastically powerful part of the work we're in, A, B, and C, the three pertinent ideas. Um, the basic thing that I would say is um, I read it as I have an eating disorder and cannot manage my own life um it didn't say manage my food it said carol hands off everything sweetheart i mean everything you just can't do it you've basically tried for decades and i am a non-human power so seek me seek me find me and do the work because i can see the position that we're in in the book we're heading towards making that third step decision before we get into doing some of the action steps so I mean, I I basically have to share with you that I almost relapsed this year after five solid years of being recoveredness. Um, I started putting myself back to sleep by blissing out on meditation music. And I started to mind manage my spiritual experience because I truly believe this is spiritual alchemy. 
And I remember Dr. Carl Jung saying back in uh, There is a Solution, I have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. And when my mind was liberated, I got a bit of a shock, actually, because the words that stuck out for me this morning was... Oh, excuse me, that's my telephone. The word that stuck out for me this morning was, I cannot manage my own life. I cannot manage my own life. So when I got my life given back to me, I didn't really know what to do with it. I'd blotted out my life with so much food. I woke up to a world I didn't recognize. I mean, I went to sleep in 1970. I woke up in the twen- in 2013 and, um, you know, the family afterward didn't really prepare me for what I was faced with. So I started trying to manage and live and reason and use my thinking and my thoughts all over again. But I can tell you wonderful people who are suffering today on this call, drop your food, put it in the trash, cry like a baby and then take the needed action because you are closer to the miracle than you think you are. You're not your mind. It's this part of the work that we're going to get some healing from. It's this conceding to this part of the work that's really going to bring you awake in a way that you've never ever experienced so be at peace with yourself put the food down call somebody make a call today god bless you all thank you everybody and i'll pass thank you carol g good to hear your voice mary b it's your turn followed by kathy k thank you very much mara can i be heard yes thank you Okay, yes, this is Mary B. Oops, trying to set my timer. <laughs> uh, no, can't do it. Um, gratefully recovered in Central California. And thank you, everyone, who shared this morning. These three pertinent ideas that I am a compulsive eater and cannot manage my own life. Am I convinced? By this time, and uh, after the doctor's opinion, and more about alcoholism, I was convinced as long as I was in the food and going through the pain of putting it down. Then I was convinced. But there was something about abstinence that made me feel suddenly powerful. And I took that power back. Now, The book tells me if I'm not convinced to try some more controlled eating, and I did that. Now, I'm here for 55 years, 12 and a half years of continuous abstinence and maintenance. So that kind of tells you that I am finally convinced that I am a real compulsive eater and cannot manage my life. Probably no human power. That means I could pack up all those diet books and get rid of them. And I can even stop looking for just the right sponsor. I always thought if I just found a strong sponsor, a more spiritual sponsor, an easier sponsor, that would fix me. It was never another human power. Couldn't do it. So I had to come to believe that there was a power. And I began to see that in my abstinence was a power, and it wasn't me. But I had to connect with that power, and I didn't know how. I had to learn how. 
how to connect with that power, and more important, stay connected. And how did I do that? Well, stick around, folks, because everything that follows is going to take us to that power. It took me to my higher power. It connected me, and it keeps me connected on a daily basis today. I am so grateful. And with that, I pass. With 22 seconds to spare. (laughs) Kathy Kay, it's your turn. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you for your service, Marzi, and I'd appreciate it if you time me. Um, You got it. Thank you. This is Kathy Kay from Boston. I've really appreciated the shares today as I've listened and listened. I realize that it took me a very long time to accept uh, point C on here. Um, It didn't take me too long to realize my life was unmanageable and that I had a really hard time uh, accepting life on life's terms. Um, I even began to think that um, the support of this fellowship would enable me to relieve my food addiction. And I believed that for many years and hoped that I could at least make the group my higher power. Um, And that did work for a while, um, but it, it... certainly did not lead me to a strong recovery. And I must admit, as an agnostic, it was a bit disturbing to me that if I didn't find a God, I wouldn't be relieved of my food addiction. Um, So uh, at the uh, guidance of my sponsor and other recovered fellows, I began the work of seeking my God. Um, And I can't tell you how much resistance and skepticism I had about that. But what I discovered, fortunately, was it was just a matter of trying, of setting aside the time, of practicing the prayers presented to us in this book, and of following the suggestions of my fellow travelers so that over time I began to experience a sacred space where I would go by myself with a willingness and a humility to seek the aid of a higher power. And uh, it's really these three pertinent ideas that convinced me and all the sharing around them that I had to do that work, that until I became willing and humble enough to try, I would not be able to hold on to my abstinence or to my recovery. So I am so grateful. And for anyone who's reading this and thinking, I don't know, I I can't quite get B or C, A is pretty Gentle reminder. Thank you. I'm here to tell you that you can, and all it requires is continued practice and willingness. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kathy Kay. Okay, we are on page 60 in the big book. We are reading from the second paragraph that starts our description of the alcoholic, reading through letter C, that God could and would if he were sought. And who would like to share with your first name and last initial one time, please? Thank you. Lisa B. Lisa B. Lynn, Lynn, Lynn S. Lynn S. There were several people before Lynn. Was there a somebody D? Kenny T. Nope. Hi, Ann. Lindsay B. Lindsay B. Raquel. Did I hear Raquel? Yeah. Kelly T. Is that Raquel? Yes, yes. Thank you. Raquel, I got you. Thanks. Did I hear Pamela? Yeah, Pamela R. B. Pamela R. B. Nancy P. Nancy P. We'll try to get you in. Not sure how fast we will go. I've got Lisa B, Lynn S, Lindsay B, Raquel E, Pamela R. B, and Nancy P. Lisa B, would you please go ahead? Thank you. Oh, good morning. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. So um, my experience in reading our description of the alcoholic with a recovered compulsive overeater, it's this big book became alive for me for the first time, having someone really um, explain to me what each word, what each line meant. Um, this book, I love this book, and I've met, read it many times, but there is something amazing that happens that someone that is truly awakened um, and has experienced a recovered state from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body with the same step one experience that I have, which is the food, um, it brought this book to life for me. And on page 92 in Working With Others, a really important line is there. It says, explain that many are doomed who never realize their predicament. That was me. Understanding through this book that this is a spiritual malady, that it's not about the food, that food was the solution, that I actually get sicker when I'm abstinent only, that I am a true hopeless compulsive overeater, that that will never go away, and that um, I'm just going to be listening to that buzz of discontentment, restlessness, and irritability for the rest of my life unless I have an awakened spirit, which is what happens to these steps. This program does promise an experience. But it's the program of the 12 steps. It's not the fellowship. It's not this perfect food plan or a perfect meeting or a perfect sponsor. It's me doing the work. And having someone explain to me really what this malady means, even though I didn't look it in my body, I haven't lost a job from this illness, I haven't ended up on the street, that this illness is killing me. It's a soul sickness, and it never will go away. I won't be able to be in the present and live life and live that gift that's inside of me, you know, until I could really understand what this book meant. So that's what our description of the alcoholic means to me. The chapter, the agnostic. I thought, I don't need to read that. I'm a spiritual person, but I do have agnosticism every day when I have fears that I don't believe I'm going to be taken care of. That's agnosticism. So it helped me understand. And then the other thing, part A, my life is truly unmanageable when I'm abstinent only. I never really saw that. I thought the goal was to be abstinent. I now know the goal is to have an awakened spirit. B, that no human power, 
no human power. And that's sometimes disappointing for me. I want that middle-of-the-road solution to work. I want just going to meetings to work. I want just doing 10 steps to work. Those are all human powers. It's really having that awakened spirit and living in it every day, but starting with entire black and white, clean abstinence. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lisa B. Lynn S., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive reader from Toronto, Canada. When I heard these ABCs this morning, I was instantly just zapped back through all the years of my life trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Like, I can't understand what's wrong with me. And I can remember seeing my grandfather once, and he just loved me to death, but my weight did bother him. There's no doubt about it. And I remember trying so many times, and and I can remember after being to one certain doctor coming up to him and saying, they finally found out what's wrong with me. And, of course, they hadn't. It was just another grasp at something. And to be able to see these A, Bs, and Cs and to get, I finally know what's wrong with me. And not only do I know what's wrong with me, is there's a way out. And I'm with hundreds of other people who have the same thing wrong with them and who have recovered So it's not just some doctor telling me. It's not just some psychologist or therapist sitting down and talking to me. I'm with people who have unmanageable lives, who are powerless over food, and they have recovered and are in the process of recovering. But what hope? It just puts me right back to where I was and gives me... And and it makes me solid, like I know I am a compulsive overeater, but I know I can be free from the obsession of food. The allergy of the body will always be there, but it isn't active because I'm not activating it by putting things in that I can't tolerate and that I have a connection and can develop a connection with a higher power that will free me from this disease. I am so grateful to be where I am today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lynn S. Excuse me. Lindsay B., it's your turn, followed by Raquel E. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning, my fellow visioners. So grateful to be on this meeting this morning. This is Lindsay, grateful, recovering compulsive overeater from New Hampshire. And uh, gosh, I love this. you know, for me, the A, B, and C, uh, it's all, they're all so clear to me now. Um, and it's such a relief that I can't manage my own life. I mean, it's like such a relief not trying to figure it out. And I was always looking for an angle, always trying to figure out how to get more, how to get what I didn't have, how to not lose what I had. And, and when I'm now leaving it up to God, I am being shown how to manage my life, life. I didn't think it was possible. I'm finally understanding, oh, that's maybe how these people can have these full lives. 
and still work program and still this and still that. Oh, it's because they're actually letting God do it for them. I don't think they know how to do it either. And um, I always had this thing that I wanted to be more of a human being somehow. Like I wanted to be like those other people and realizing, listening to all you recovered people on the line and those that are on your way that you are finding a way to manage your lives because you're letting God do for you what you can do for yourself. At least that's what you tell me. So I believe you. So I'm thinking about that second one that no, probably no human power could have relieved our, um, you know, alcoholism, our food addiction. And I'm thinking pretty much every morning, um, I wake up as an untreated addict every morning without doubt, without a doubt. And my thoughts are not always pleasant when I wake up. They're not always, they're very often selfish for a minute, you know, and sometimes longer. And if it were human beings that were, were fixing it for me, um, then I would go to them. But I go to God right away in the morning. And within, you know, usually half an hour, all of a sudden I'm like feeling connected again. And I'm feeling, yes, you are able to show up for this new life that, that you've gotten because of your, you know, higher powers, guidance and love. And so if it were a human being that were doing it or the sponsor or, you know, the, I mean, I think of all the things that I did in my, my teens and early 20s, the money I paid to different people to fix me, having these little electrodes put on my body, you know, the going to uh, being addicted to, you know, catalogs from wellness places. Ooh, maybe if I take this workshop with this person because they've written this great book, or maybe if I do that. But really, all I need to do is just go to my higher power and, and hopefully stay plugged in. And if I notice during the day I'm getting a little hot and sweaty around the collar and I'm starting to have some uncomfortable thoughts, I just need to check, you know, kind of it's like the air conditioner that you realize has a, is, is become unplugged. But you don't realize for quite a while until you get hot and sweaty. And uh, so I'll start feeling uncomfortable and I might have a really unpleasant thought about one of my coworkers and I'll be like, Oh my God, that's horrid. Where did that come from? Gentle reminder. Thank you. And then I realize I'm not plugged in. So um, I get plugged in again and I know how to do that today. You've taught me the big books taught me. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lindsay B. Raquel E. It's your turn. Followed by Pamela R. B. Good morning, Raquel. Hello. Hello. Thank you for letting me share. Hi to all my dear friends there. Um, I I should really write things out because I I sometimes feel that I I don't express myself and I wait till the end and then there's not enough time. But I'll set my timer here and help me please if I tend to go over anyhow. Um, here is this point is so so important that in, I have to jump around a little bit because the next thing we will hear is being convinced we were at step three, as before it was said by Janice VM, this is all step two. And then when we come to step three, we better be convinced. And I said it before, and it just it's so precious to me, I have to repeat it again, that in the original manuscript, it says, after the three pertinent ideas, if you are not convinced on these vital issues, you ought to reread the book to this point or else throw it away. In other words, this, and then, of course, they modified it because this is very harsh, but that's the truth. That's the painful truth, and that's the painful truth that I am facing with not, not having faith, but the ability to trust. And it so has, I, I have finally understood 
that people who've been betrayed by the people who were supposed to take care of them have a very hard time in that big ego reduction, which has to be there. It has a purpose. It's survival. It's, it's, it's really the survival of survival that dictates that you do have an amount of ego. And here, how it says in the book, um, we went through this already on page 53, about, um, about stepping over to the shore. It, this is that trust thing um, that here, uh, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason, not just reason, I believe that, that that's where my ego centers, that I've been able to figure out how to manage my life without the people who are supposed to take care of me. And it's very hard to let go. But I know that if I keep at it, if it takes me to my last breath, it will come because I see it in all of you. So then uh, um, the next thing that says on page 62, we will come to it. We must or it kills us. God makes that possible. This is about letting go of that ego, that that self-sufficiency. And it says God makes that possible and there often seems no way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. So there was this, this beautiful... A picture in a newspaper. I don't even know for what reason it was there, but it was this little guy trying to jump over to a, to a huge man who is on the other side of a big rock that is split, like in the ocean, that it is split, and he's reaching out his arms, and the other man is waiting for him to to grab his his arm. But um, that that's Time. the leap of faith. Yes, thank you so much. That is the leap of faith that we are called upon to do and that's where I am at right now and with God's help listening to all of you it'll come to me too thank you so much for letting me share thank you Raquel E Pamela B it is your turn followed by Nancy P good morning Pamela good morning and thank you so much Laura for your service and good morning visionaries I'm Pamela B from Detroit Michigan uh, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater this beautiful morning. You know, I, I love this passage from A, B, and C. You know, it just it just defines me here. The first one, we are, we were alcoholics. We could manage our own life. I mean, I love the way this book says that we get to define it. I define it today because. And I know it today without a shadow of a doubt that I am a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety, you know. And it goes on to say that probably no human power could have helped relieve, relieve our alcoholism. So true, you know. I didn't know that, you know, I needed something greater than me. I thought all I needed was a self-help book and so on and so forth. I know many of you have been there, but I just didn't know that there was a deficit there, and that deficit was that there was a, um, a hole that I was trying to fill with things, and I could never fill it completely. And it goes on to say um, that this reminds me again how important it is that it isn't the external things that, that I need, but it is an internal uh, awakening that I need. And and God could and would if he was sought, you know. 
I have to seek God out with the same voraciousness that I saw food. You know, I have to put that in place. And this is what's so interesting to me today is that God, I've spent so many years, you know, in the food looking for a solution in the food. And now I am required, now that I'm recovered, to seek that same attitude in the, in the solution for my problem, which is God. You know, whenever I have an issue, I'm going through a particular another uh, issue in my life today. This is the second time the second job that has folded for me in the last six years. And it's like, okay, God, what am I to do here? And all I know and all I've heard throughout this entire process, which has been a little uh, less than a month is, is to be still and seek me. And that's where I am today. I'm so grateful that this book does not interfere with any of my other, you know, beliefs or philosophy about life. It is right there. The most important thing is today is that I embrace it 100%. So I'm so grateful to be here this morning. And thank you all for letting me share my past. Thank you, Pamela R.B. Nancy P., it is your turn. Hi, this Good morning, is Nancy, Nancy. P. Call. Hi, this is Nancy P. calling from Boston, recovered compulsive overeater, living at one with my creator. Thank you for letting me share. I don't have, I, I, I didn't know that if I would even be in, so I'll keep my um, comments short. So, um, first of all, um, I didn't know that my life was unmanageable. You know, I just was like, you know, like the guy in the root cellar, you know, nothing wrong here, you know, and didn't realize when I, when I did sort of, you know, come to the doors of, um, OA, which was quite a, quite a long time ago, um, I never thought ever. I mean, it was constantly, how come them and not me? That's what I thought. How come them and not me? And then when I, then because I actually, I didn't know that my life was unmanageable and I thought I knew everything. So that's a really tough place to be in. So I suffered from contempt prior to investigation. I, I thought, God, forget it. That's, you know, like, you know, my, I would read these comments about, you know, what in order we can't go through with it or whatever it is, you know, little sprinkled all through the book about ways that we become um, spiritually awake. And I thought, always would think, good thing, you know, dodge the bullet with that one. Good thing I don't have to do that or whatever. And I can say that, um, you know, when I came to vision, broken and bruised and desperate, it was like I was in a little tiny rowboat and I had to sail the Pacific Ocean from, you know, Hawaii to Bali by myself. And, um, you know, I just didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know, but I was willing. I was willing. And, um, you know, little by slow, I have to say that it worked for me. I can say that I absolutely, it's 100% true. I'm not talking the talk. And, you know, I'll say this. I shared it with a couple of people yesterday. I have, a you know, pretty horrible, huge um, issue going on in my life right now and it's causing me a lot of pain and when I was on my way to work yesterday as I am right now in the car um, you know Boston traffic isn't especially friendly and um, there's a particular place where it gets a little extra snarly and I always have to stop there and you know at that moment my this issue in my life just you know rushed in like a big wave on that uh, in that ocean that I was sailing in this little boat and I said um, please take away my pain and please let the other person who's affected by this, mostly affected by this, be okay. And my pain did not disappear, and the other person's life didn't change, but I felt better. And I was like, oh, my God, it's true. 
I'm there. I actually believe it. And so anybody that um, thinks that it can't happen for you, please, please, please let me assure you through my own experience that it can. Because I've said it before, if it can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. And I'll pass. Thank you all for being here. Thank you, Nancy P. Well, I guess I had quick speakers this morning. We have time for one more share. Who would like that? Am I being heard? John L. John L., those three minutes are yours. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm John L., and I'm a compulsive overeater in Arizona. And I just have a, a real short one. Um, I was uh, just really listening to everybody and everything. And what what really comes to me on A, where it says, I was alcoholic and cannot manage my own life. To me, in Overeaters Anonymous, that means that I am an overeater to quit fooling myself. But most importantly, I can't do this by myself. I, I just, once I get a trigger food down my throat, I'm gone. And I'm going to eat and eat and eat. And just thinking of what it's like to be in a, a place of out of control, out of power, and I'm just eating all the time, it, it, that's horrible, but yet I do it. I am powerless. I cannot do this by myself. And then B, no human power could relieve me of our alcoholism, or in our case, food addiction, I can't tell you guys how many times I went out to all these commercial weight loss centers. I, I joined every gym imaginable. I did all these things. Um, I, I dumped tens of thousands of dollars on all these things trying to get my um, cured from my being obese and everything, and none of it was working. I was even considering the surgery. But luckily, somehow, I realized, you know, I'm really good at cheating. And I love sugar so much that I'm going to get it. <clears throat> I'll find a way around this. And I was just really lucky that I got into Overeaters Anonymous before I went to go try another human power, which was a stomach staple or whatever, to try to cure me of this ailment. And then the very last one, see, God could and would if he were sought. That's what it's all about. And for me, that was a really hard concept to grasp at first. How could this work? I mean, is, is some angel going to come up and knock the food out of my fork before I put it in my mouth? What is this? And Hi. to just be open. Okay, thank you. Pass. Oh. I didn't mean to cut you off like that. Thank you, John L. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thank you. Uh, John is actually going to be our last share of the day. Thank you to everyone who shared. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Today's share ID is 11,426. 11,426. 
3,426. And at our peak, there were 346 of us on the line today, this morning. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It is working. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Russ M. please read for us? Good morning, Russ. Good morning. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Reader outside of Philly. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as we as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.